Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored. Thank you guys so much for joining the podcast. I cannot wait to get into this episode. It's a lot of fun playing for you. Don't forget, real quick, hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. And today's podcast is presented to you by the great people over at Superbook Sports Colorado, as well as Blake Street Tavern. Like I said, just a lot of just greatness planned for you today. A lot of you chimed in on social media for things that you wanted me to talk about today. It's the the final episode of the week. I'm at episode 299. Can't believe I'm almost at episode 300. I'm going to maybe I'll do something special for episode 303. We're based out of Colorado, even though we have a global reach. The majority of my listeners are here in Colorado. So I would love to do something special for that. But there's a good chance I won't. <laughs> there's a good chance I won't. I'll forget about it. Or I'll just be like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so the, this morning I, I put out on Twitter saying, quick, send me some random topics <laughs> just to have fun. And sometimes you guys knock it out of the park. And sometimes I hit it at the wrong spot and everybody's busy and I thankfully hit it at a sweet spot today, and I can't wait to get into these. No headlines, but you know what? Let's just get dive headfirst into this. And the first person that responded was Bree from Mile High Sports, and she said, would you push Kip Wilson down if being chased by a grizzly bear? Now, before I get into that answer, I wanted to discuss what you should do if you actually do encounter a grizzly bear because the National Park Service just had to send out a, a, a tweet the other day about what you should do and what you shouldn't do if you run into a, a, a black bear, a grizzly bear, or a brown bear. So this is what they said. They advised park goers facing a bear attack not to push a slower friend down. Yeah, you don't want to do that, or do you? Or do, I, I brought that up to my wife. I said, let's just say you're out hiking, and somebody just comes up on you, and they're like, hey, can I uh, hike with you? And you're like, fine, whatever. I'm just trying to have a good time by myself, or well, whatever. Then all of a sudden, a grizzly comes and is about to attack you. What do you do? You don't know this person, but you want to survive, right? Do you push them down? and then let the bear have its way with that person? She's like, no, that's messed up. That's murder. And I'm like, is it, though? Nobody's going to know. And then she looked at me seriously in my eyes, and she said, yes, that's messed up. <laughs> so don't do that, or at least don't bring it up around my wife. Oh, my God. So this is what you're supposed to do if you encounter a bear. You're supposed to identify yourself by talking calmly to the bear. Be like, hello, bear. I'm Scott. Nice to meet you. What, what brings you to this part of the woods? So you're basically trying to let them know that you're human and you're not an animal prey. But you're still supposed to remain still and stand your ground, but slowly wave your arms around, helping the bear recognize you as a human. And it might come closer to you, and that's probably when you're going to urinate yourself. I'm just saying they didn't write that. I'm just telling you. You're supposed to stay calm and remember that most bears don't want to attack you. Until they do, then you're fucked. God. Bears have also uh, reacted defensively by 
woofing, yawning, and salivating, growling, snapping their jaws, and laying their ears back. So if you see that, mm, they might be a little bit irritated. And so keep an eye out for those things. So you're supposed to continue talking to the bear in a low tone. If you have a high-pitched voice, you're basically bear food. Could you imagine? You know all the, the tricks to do, and you're doing great. But then as soon as you open your mouth, you're like, Hi, Mr. Bear. How are you? Then you get eight. You get eight. <laughs> so don't Im try to imitate a bear sound or try to make high-pitched squeals because that's just going to screw you over. If they're small, <laughs> this is funny because I saw this at first, and I was like, what? Pick up small children immediately. Then I, my brain's like, what, and throw them at them? <laughs> like, take the child, please. No, no, don't do that, apparently. The bad idea. The kids' voices are uh, higher pitched, so it, it's going to be bad news for you. Do not run or make any sudden movements. Do not make any loud noises or screams. Again, the bear may think it's a sound of a, a prey animal. One thing you should be doing is hike and travel in groups, and that will give you your chances uh, a little bit better of survival. Make yourselves look as large as possible. For example, you can move to higher ground. Do not allow the bear to access your food. Getting your food will only encourage the bear and make the problem worse for others. Do not drop your backpack. It can also provide protection for you if the bear does a attack. <laughs> I'm just, I'm sorry. If a bear wants to kill you, it's going to kill you. If you survive a bear attack, you're fucking lucky as shit. Do not climb a tree. <laughs> Obviously, the both grizzlies and black bears can climb trees. Leave the area or take a detour. If this is impossible, wait until the bear moves away. Always leave the bear an escape route. Yeah, so you don't want to back up the bear so it has no option other than to go over top of you. If you're attacked by a brown or grizzly bear, leave your pack on and play dead. I know that they say that that's an option, but I don't feel like that that's a good option. I feel like no matter what, if a grizzly bear attacks you or a brown bear attacks you, you're, you're, you're pretty much fucked and you're at their mercy. It says, lay up flat on your stomach, and your hands will clasp behind your neck, so you can at least try to protect your, your arteries in, in your neck. Spread your legs to make it harder for the bear to turn you over. Fighting back usually increases the intensity of such attacks. However, if the attack persists, fight back. So at one point, when you're being attacked, you're like, do I fight back, or do I just wait? Again, you're pretty much fucked. Use whatever you have at hand to hit the bear in its face. If it's a black bear, if you are attacked by a black bear, do not play dead. Try to escape to a secure place such as a car or building. If escape is not possible, try to fight back using any object available. Concentrate your kicks and blows on the bear's face or muzzle. So with all that information, going back to Bree from Mile High Sports, and asking, would you push Kip Wilson, who I work with on a fairly regular basis doing videos around the great state of Colorado, would I push Kip Wilson down if being chased by a grizzly bear? Now, I know you guys want me to say yes. I know you do. But I'm saying no, and here's why. One, I'm not a murderer, okay? I can't do it. I 
can't live with myself if I killed somebody or let an animal kill somebody without trying to do something. This is what I would do in the situation. I would sacrifice myself. I would push him out of the way like a fucking hero. You're like, go, go, Kip, run, run like the wind. I'll fight this fucker off myself. I'll bare knuckle this motherfucker. I tell him to run, and then I give the, the bear a good old-fashioned ass whooping as much as I can. After I die, because <laughs> I'm going to die if I put myself in between the bear and someone else, I'm going to tell Kip, tell my story. Exaggerate, please. I know you can. And there better be a motherfucking statue of me fighting a bear. Okay? Make that happen. Because that would be awesome. Who's this guy? You know, 20 years down the line. That was my father. He fought a bear with his bare hands. Almost one, two. If not for the sun blinding him in his eyes. Then the, the bear took advantage and bit his fucking head off. <laughs> so I hope that's the answer. A lot of people are like, shit, yeah, I just push him down. And it is kind of an interesting thing to think about. If you're hiking and somebody else is there, and what if that person's kind of a dick? And you're just like, I'm just not going to try very hard to save that person. But I like Kip. I'm not going to, it's Kip, don't get on my bad side. Because if we encounter a grizzly bear, I might have to think a little bit too long about do I save him or not? But that's a, that's kind of a weird thing. Like if you're hiking, especially if you're with your family and there's somebody else there that you, you're like, I don't really like this guy. I don't even know who the fuck he is. He's like friends with so-and-so. Don't fucking like him at all. A grizzly comes a, a, about. I'm going to save my family and be like, dude, motherfucker, I don't know you. I don't know you. Deal with the bear. <laughs> Kick him in the leg and... I'm sorry. That's messed up. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. But you know you were thinking it too. If it comes down between my family and some miscellaneous dickhead, then yeah, the dickhead goes. Now, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Hopefully none of us ever have to encounter a bear in this situation because I don't know if I'm going to remember all those details of what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to talk to it. You're supposed to talk to it. You're supposed to talk to it. And let it and slowly move your arms around and make sure you don't start crying because <laughs> you start squealing or making sounds like a, a, a prey would. So you got to make sure that you have a deep voice. And if it's a black bear, you got to get the higher ground. If the grizzly bear or brown bear starts attacking you, you got to put your hands over your neck and lay on the ground and hope to God it doesn't want to fucking eat you. And then at some point, if it's attacking you, you have to evaluate the situation and be like, is it going to get any better? And if it's not going to get any better, then you got to do your best to fight it off. And good fucking luck with that one. Good fucking luck. Ryan Edwards of 850KOA decided to chime in, and he says, DeHuff, if there was a cage match with all of your personalities, who would win and why? Ryan that's a great question. Ryan obviously used to work with me at the old radio station back in the day, and he and I just did a lot of writing together and, and did a lot of creative content together. So 
He knows all about my random characters. Now let's go through these guys. There's a lot, and I'm probably going to leave some out, and I apologize. Connery to Huff. Connery, is, he's a lover. He's not a fighter. He might open the door, go in the cage, turn around and say, you know what? I saw your mom in the parking lot. I'm going to fucking puck. I, I, I slipped into a, a fucking <laughs> a Boston accent. <laughs> anyway, he's going to go bang somebody's mom in the parking lot. Cowboy to Huff. He's going to bring the country strong. He's got that country strength with him, right? But he might not have it in him to do the finishing moves to to ultimately win because it's just not in him. He's a he's a country boy. He's strong as shit about getting work done, but he's not out there to hurt anybody. And so I just don't think he has it in him. So cowboy to huff, you might got big balls, but hey, I'm kind of like Connery. I'm I'm more of a lover. Frenchie to huff, he's gonna surrender before he even enters the cage. That's right. I do not want to fight. I just want to sit on the side and eat some uh, pancakes and crepes, French toast. <laughs> Ozzy DeHuff, he's just looking to enjoy life, but he's willing to fight, okay? Yeah, but mostly he wants to chill. Hey, that's right, guys. I don't want to fight nobody. I will if I have to, but ultimately, I just want to chill back, grab me some suds, and, uh, you know, watch some porno. <laughs> I don't know why I said watch some porno, but hey, it happened. Mama DeHuff, she's going to beat you with whatever she can get her hands on. She's a mom. She's scrappy. I look at my wife, and I'm like, I, you just don't want to piss her off. When she gets that mama bear switch flipped, you need to run, okay? Not like my wife is just going around uh, <laughs> you know, with a cast iron skillet just smacking people. No, but if she needed to, I'm sure she would. This is this is Mama DeHuff for you. Mama DeHuff would also throw a guilt trip at you if you fought back. Like she's beating the snot out of you and you like you like hit her in the ear or something. And she's like, oh my God, you hit me in the ear. You bastard, you hit me in the ear. I am so sorry. I am so sorry, Mama DeHuff. Oh my God. Whack, whack. Don't ever underestimate me, you piece of shit. Rich Russian. Ooh, Rich Russian's interesting one. Maybe, maybe he could win in a cage match. He may be the one to watch out for. I'm not really sure. He'd be like, hello, we are here to fight. Are we not? Yes. Let me take off my shirt and I will beat the shit out of you. Oh, look at me. <laughs> I am ripped. Look at me. I'm going to crush you with my big muscles. <laughs> Preacher to Huff. Preacher to Huff wouldn't do shit. He'd have all his followers do it for him. As we get ready for this cage match, I asked all my followers in the audience to come up and protect me because I am a weak, weak man. <laughs> Irish to Huff. He'd be too drunk to do anything, let's be honest. But fun to be around. <laughs> well, look at here. We're here for a cage match. Give me another point and let's get fucked up. And then he'd just be puking his guts out in the corner. Although, Irish people, I feel like you guys have a better tolerance for alcohol ingestion. So you're probably not puking your guts out very often. You're just like, you're just sitting in the corner, just shooting the shit, having a good conversation. Ah, did I ever tell you about the time I fought a bear in the woods? That's a grizzly. 
oh, shit. That's kind of a little bit of a flashback to the last topic. Now, metrosexual to huff. A lot of you guys don't know about this bit that we used to do. In fact, Ryan Edwards was the one that mostly helped me write the, the skits on these. And it was pretty freaking hilarious. And he would have a, just kind of a higher pitch voice. This is back, back, back a long time. You could not get away with this bit nowadays. But he'd be like, hi, I'm, I'm trying to remember what we would do. I need to play some of that for you on this podcast. Hilarious, very quote unquote edgy stuff. But basically, he'd get catty and claw a motherfucker's eyes out. So you'd have to watch out for Metro. I don't know if he would have what it takes to do kind of like Cowboy. I don't know if he, he's got it. now. Well, I should say it's kind of flip-flop. I think he has the mentality to do the finishing, but I just don't think he has the strength. The metrosexual strength is not there. Okay? So who would be the winner out of all those characters and how I described them? Well, Ryan Edwards from 850K away, I think, based on how I described this, it would be a close one. I would have to say the finalist would be Rich Russian, Metrosexual DeHuff, and Mama DeHuff. And between those three, I would have to go with Mama. Mama DeHuff, because she'd fucking just beat the shit out of you. She'd go into ultra mama bear mode and beat the fuck out of you. I think she's got it. Uh, let me know if you disagree to Huff Uncensored at gmail.com or hit me up on my socials at the Huff Podcast. Now, I got some more coming your way here in a second, but first, make 2023 the year you beat Vegas. Superbook Sports gives you the chance every week to go head-to-head with the bed's best odds makers in Las Vegas. There's no fancy computer algorithms, no guys across the pond. Setting lines for American sports, just the best team of odds makers in the business behind the counter at Superbook in Las Vegas. Plus, Superbook features some of the best odds boosts and promo bets anywhere. So go ahead and download the Superbook Sports Colorado app right now, or you can visit Superbook.com and start your battle against Vegas right now. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. If you got a gambling problem, please call one 800 522 Zero, zero. This comes in from Ben Carey, I believe is, is how you pronounce his last name. He said that if you have to live in one city in Colorado for the rest of your life, but it has to be with a city starting with the letter P, which do you choose? That's a very good question because the first name, the first city that pops in my head is Pueblo. And sorry, anybody from Pueblo, I've been in Pueblo just I just don't like it. I just don't see why anybody would want to live there. Whatever. If you're happy and you live down there, I get it. But everything that I've experienced, they do have some good food down there, though. I will say that. But everything I've experienced is just like it's nothing that really says, hey, this is a great place to live. Now, you might disagree with me, and I don't care. <laughs> so I just did a quick search of cities in Colorado that start with P. And by the way, there's a lot more than I realized. You could go to Platteville, but that's just kind of open space, kind of farmland. Platteville has a lot of sand out there, and I don't like that. As far as the ground goes, it's hard to grow certain crops and stuff like that because of the sand and shit like that. So I'm not going to say Platteville. There's a, like I said, Pueblo, no. 
Parker, Colorado, no, no. I would have to say Pagosa Springs. And I visited Pagosa Springs. It's kind of touristy a little bit, but ultimately it's just such a beautiful place. And there's a lot to explore. They have some hot springs down there. It's just a nice place. Now, that being said, I haven't been down there in a while. So maybe maybe I'm misremembering it. But I would have to say that. By the way, Jeff Buff on Twitter also said, not Pueblo. (laughs) Oh, man. This comes in from, oh, I saw this too. This comes in from Chris. He says, how shitty are people? Then he forwarded this article via my uh, email, dehuffuncensored at gmail.com. And he said, did you see where Eli Lilly announced it's going to cut the price of most prescribed insulin products by 70%? And what drives me nuts about that is they're announcing like, hey, we're the good guys. We're going to cut you know, the price of insulin by 70%. So that means that they've been selling insulin jacked up by 70% for God knows how long. So they're openly admitting they've been ripping people off that need medication to live. They've been doing that. Now, I, I applaud them. They're out there. They're saying, you know what? Enough is enough. We need to stop doing this. And it just really opens your eyes that, that a company can cut something by 70% and still go, yeah, we it, it, it makes sense to cut this. They've been ripping people off, and all these other companies are ripping people off. We all know it. We've all had the missed opportunities to sit there and go, fuck, my prescriptions, how much? Are you fucking kidding me? And then you look at the pharmacist, and they're like, I am so sorry. There's nothing we can do about it. It's not the pharmacist's fault. It's the assholes that run the drug companies. And, yeah, how scummy. It's good that they're cutting it. It's good. Now, that being said, they're being forced to because there's so much publicity against it, saying, how fucking ridiculous are you guys doing? My mom's a diabetic, and she tells me just how like how expensive uh, prescriptions can be. My fucking cat is a diabetic, and I just had to shell out 120 bucks for this little tiny vial of fucking insulin. It's ridiculous. So good for them for cutting it by 70%, but fuck you for stealing from the people, the people that need medicine. And I hope this starts a trend. I hope this starts a trend where all people that make medicine, these medicine companies finally go, you know what? What we're doing is fucked up. It is so fucked up what we're doing. We're stealing from people that are dying. Let's change our ways. I hope this is a trend. I hope. That being said, there's greedy motherfuckers in every industry, especially when it comes to the drug industry. So good luck on that one. Dave wrote in, by the way, Dave originally wanted to talk about how he has a massive hatred for Nick Wright. <laughs> I love it. Dave, Dave, every time I interact with him on Twitter, it always ends up going back to how he hates Nick Wright, and Nick Wright is a fucking giant douchebag, which at times I can agree. That being said, I, I go back to the story of when I saw Nick Wright before he became famous, and... He was a grinder. He was one of the hardest working dudes out there. 
That being said, there's times where he just has a stance and opinion that he just cannot budge from. And it's just like, dude, there's glaring evidence that you are a fucking moron when it comes to your opinions, but you just refuse to back down. And that's why you get people like Dave that hate his fucking guts. So I'm not completely against what Dave is saying because Nick Wright, sometimes you're fucking wrong. And we every now and then give Nikola Jokic some fucking credit, you dickhead. Anyway, we don't need to get into that. But this is what Dave wrote. Maybe is the NFL straight up? I don't think so. While not completely scripted, I do think Vince or Roger and his refs have their teams and markets that will succeed. Seen too many phantom plays and defensive holdings at critical moments. So yeah, there's that. While I agree, it's not scripted. But I think there's times where it's just like, listen, we want to ultimately get this, uh, this. This needs to occur. The final result needs to occur. I can see where the conspiracy theories can exist. I can see that. Is it true? I don't know. I have talked to plenty of former NFL players off the record. And they get irate when you say that, that the NFL is scripted. But in, in regards to what Dave's saying, he's saying it's not fully scripted. He's just saying that the, the referees are way too influential into these games. And it almost seems like, well, it does seem like at times that it's just like, hey, we can't have this particular team win the game. We need to have... This one, because it's more, you know, it's more profitable. So I see what you're saying. And I got to be honest, Dave, in regards to that, if it came out tomorrow that a referee says, listen, I have the email, I have video of Roger Goodell explaining to us what needs to happen for, for these games and what the outcome needs to be and making sure that we call the penalties when when they need to be called and don't call them when they don't need to be called type of thing so we can influence the outcome. If that came out, I wouldn't really be shocked. It would be somewhat jarring, but ultimately be like, God, man, that, that explains a lot. Explains a lot. All right, thank you guys so much for interacting with the podcast. I do want to get into this. And that, okay, I say I do want to get into this, but you know what? I, I did all this prep for this, and I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about this, but I think I have to talk about this. It's another edition of, I don't want to talk about it. What time is it on the moon? Well, Europe is pushing for a lunar time zone. Why? Who fucking cares? We're not up there yet. When we actually have a colony of people up on the moon, then then let's actually worry about this shit. Europe, quit wasting people's time and money and energy to sit there and go, let's try to, you know, get a time zone for the moon. Fuck, man. Talk about wasting people's time. Shut up, Europe. You're not getting a lunar time zone. It's ridiculous. This freaks me out as somebody that goes to the zoo quite a bit. A cheetah briefly escaped an enclosure at an Omaha Zoo. How does that fucking happen? Right? 
a cheetah. It's not like it was a fucking peacock that got loose and started. I don't know. Peacocks are always loose, I guess. But it's like it wasn't something small and innocent. No, it was a fucking cheetah that can hunt you down and take you down and take a chunk out of you. And then to make it worse for this story is, uh, I believe it's a a tapir, T-A-P-I-R. I don't know how you pronounce that. But anyway, that briefly escaped an enclosure at a Florida zoo. Zoos, what you doing? This bugs me, especially the cheetah. The the other one, Tapir, I don't think that can cause much harm, although I'd be more concerned about its well-being because it's in Florida, and God knows what it's going to encounter. Be like some fucking crackhead. Be like, I want to ride the Tapir. <laughs> I'm Florida, man. Yeah. The cheetah thing scares the shit out of me because that could kill somebody. And it kind of goes with what I've been saying. There's there's always these little things when you're at the zoo and you're like, could that not jump to there and then to over here? I feel like that could happen. If the animals really wanted to escape, I feel like there's some enclosures, not all of them, but some enclosures where you're like, eh, if it wanted to, if it wanted to, it could fuck somebody up. A delivery driver slept with an 800-year-old spiritual girlfriend mummy that he kept in a food bag, but oddly enough, it was actually a mummified man. The fuck, man? What the fuck is wrong with people? It doesn't matter what sex or gender, whatever the fuck it is. It's an 800-year-old dead person. It's a dead person. Just forget how old it is. Motherfucker was sleeping, God knows what he did with it, with a goddamn dead person. That's disgusting. And this one, I don't really want to get to it, but I kind of do want to get to it because it's hilarious. A cop monitoring a spy balloon in the Netherlands was really embarrassed after he realized, after going on this hunt, (laughs) chasing this balloon, that it ended up being just bird poop on his windshield. (laughs) What a fucking idiot. (laughs) Seriously, how dumb would you feel? Even if it's for like 10 seconds, I'd feel like the biggest moron ever. Dude was driving around town. Be like, I'm getting a balloon. Look at that son of a bitch, man. It's just like following me. What the hell? This is crazy. Dude, it's bird shit on your windshield. Um. Shit, it is. <laughs> oh, that's awkward. Awkward. <laughs> hey, thank you guys so much for interacting with the podcast today. If you want to join the podcast in any fashion, go ahead at DeHuff Podcast on social media. By the way, I've got two tube socks mentions. Is it two or three? Either way, uh, only twenty-seven more. We'll say we'll say three. And we'll say 27 more till you get that special special treat on uh, social media if I get to 30 tube sock mentions on social media. <laughs> Let's get tube socks. If tube sock somehow trends on social media, I have to do it. And I'll do it like a live version of it. It'd be great. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to the last couple episodes. You'll find out. And you'll be chomping at the bit to send that tube sock mention. 
Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate each and every one of you. Have a great day. Hopefully you smiled a little bit today. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Thank you so much to Superbook Sports Colorado and Blake Street Tavern. They're at 23rd and Blake in downtown Denver. It's the Huff Uncensored. I appreciate you. Have a great day. Let's keep moving forward. I'll talk to you next time.